The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier and welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool. Cam Edwards, Miss E, with you by the uh, fireside. Sorry it's been a couple of weeks, but... I was in Atlanta for the NRA annual meeting. Yeah. And uh, and then we were busy all last week. So yeah. we were going to try to double up uh, and do one a couple of days later. But uh, nope. But here we are. Yep. We're back. Yes. And uh, it is good to be back home. NRA annual meeting was fantastic as always. 81,836 people in attendance. Is that, is that, that sounds like a lot of people. Is that like any record breaker or anything like that? It's uh, the second highest NRA annual meeting on record. The wow. What's the sec- first one? First one is Houston in oh. 2013. Next year, though, that's going to be in Dallas. Right. See, so I'm trying to get this little rivalry going. Like, come on, Dallas. You don't want Houston to have the record here. You got a chance to break that record there right. in Dallas. Uh, yeah, so, and who knows, maybe you'll be the 81,837th person at the uh, NRA annual meeting in Dallas, because you were definitely missed uh, in Atlanta. We had a lot of folks asking about you and saying, where's Missy? And I had to explain, you know, she's back home, kids are in school, stuff to do, you know. Critters to feed, (laughs) stuff to take care of. Yeah, I don't get to go on these kind of trips. No. I've never been to an annual meeting. I know. So Texas is even further. Like at least this was kind of <laughs> driving distance. If I really wanted to try to go, but no, nah, I don't know. It, it'd be fun, but might have to wait until the kids get a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. So we can leave them at home. Yeah, but uh, thank you for holding down the farm while I was gone. Oh yeah, everything was good. The we finally um, we found a home for the rooster, so we can talk about that. That yes. was good. So our hens are much happier now because there's not as much um, inappropriate behavior going on because there's only the one rooster now and there's 14 hens. So yeah. that's a better that's There was a better one ratio. hen that was just really getting the brunt of it. and Well, she slipped in the mud. She got double teamed by the roosters. She slipped and she fell, and she's don't think she's ever recovered. She looks like the, the hunchback of chickenness. Like she keeps her head really close to her body. The back of her head got all beat up because they kept picking at her feathers, and then they kept picking at the, her head and she never recovered from slipping so she she walks with a limp so it's a good thing that there's only the one rooster that she needs to run away from now because she can't get away from him no so we can, uh, now we can name her though because yeah, yeah we looks can call her different. gimpy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i was in atlanta and was uh, checking out instagram 
And uh, David Hall from the band Cabin Creek had posted a picture that uh, his rooster had, had valiantly defended the hens but had lost out to a predator. So he was down a rooster. Uh, we were talking about getting rid of Fabio because, again, of the just the, the ganging up. And, uh, and he was the younger. He was the younger one. Very pretty. but uh, he, he was a gorgeous rooster. Americana, he, we called him Fabio because while his body had predominantly black and those black-green feathers, his head and and shoulders looked like he had long, flowing, blonde hair because mm-hmm. he had these really beautiful golden feathers. But he was younger and not as experienced, and he was a kind of a— he, was, he wasn't as good with the girls, and I think he was trying to prove a point a lot of the time. So yeah. I'm hoping that if there's no other rooster, I'm, I'm hope, we haven't heard anything bad from David. No, David actually sent me a picture. Said he's he's fitting in swimmingly. Oh, good. Uh, just so, you know, fit right in. So without the testosterone f- clashing, right? They should both calm the bleep down now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of testosterone, we still have. Uh, some uncut hogs well, yeah, running around the yard too. Be eight weeks old um, this Wednesday, so I think this week at some point we need to, or we next. I don't know. We got to figure it out. We got to time it so that we we got to catch them. <laughs> we got to figure it out. I know, like a little Pokemon. We got to catch them all because there's no point. Because so here's gonna, so here's we'll put the girls in the pen that's closest to the house. Yeah, and then we'll get all the boys slit and done and then we'll post them on craigslist so here's my thinking what on how to they catch them be all tasty eats they should be i'm thinking we've got the electronet and we've got some spare electronet yeah yeah we got a whole so what we foot. do is we kind of build out a little temporary pen mm. we lure them in with food mm. and then we close them up one of us in the pen that can grab and hand off to the person outside of the pen. Yeah, because they're not real big right now. Probably about a, the size of a two-liter bottle of soda. Yeah. But they're fast. They're super fast. They are super fast, it's, but they are super not, not like an Electronet. Right. So we got them trained to Electronet. They know it hurts. And they are coming over now. Yeah, they'll come for apples. And uh, I have I bought a big old bag of the Red Delicious because, frankly, they're not very delicious. <laughs> and um, I bought a big old sack of uh, carrots and I've been going out and cutting them into little bits, and I've been like trying to throw some chunks to the big girls, and then get the little ones to come and take it from me. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're starting to recognize that I'm the food, or we're food. Yeah. And they're coming over, and they I, they've let me pet them a little bit, but yeah. they have they get skittish and run off. So I think if we get a good little feast going, and we just yeah they can't they can't go anywhere, we'll just start picking them off and throwing them over the fence. Yep, I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. So uh, there you go. We we've laid out our plan. Tune in next time. <laughs> to see how it goes. <laughs> Mwahaha. It's the, the best laid plans, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Trying to think if there's anything else that uh, I want to touch on from annual meeting or from around the farm. We've got blueberries that are popping up. Yeah, they look so like, exciting because last year we lost them because of that really late frost. But right? these are really going well. Yeah. Um, next year we need to go ahead and trim them all back a lot so right. that they get a little bit more compact rather than because we've got a couple that are all really They're a little crazy. strangly and crazy. And we have uh, we have one of the six apple trees that you planted of the nine. And actually there's two of the one nine looks good. that are still alive. <laughs> one one looks, looks fantastic except for it's now going to be grown out by the little flock of uh, black locust trees that have sprung up right next to it that'll just block its sun. Now, so we're going we're gonna to cut those down. We need to either get them, get, got, get rid of them, which, I don't know, it'd be a nice place for a screen, 
or move the apple tree. Mm. She's not that big. Yeah. Still. Right. And if I was just, I just was thinking that when I was walking one of the dogs, I was thinking, I got to move that apple tree. (laughs) But it is looking good. It is. It is like the one of the nine that I planted. The Uh, deer, it all, for all, the deer got all the other ones. Yeah. So. Which is is still a a problem. Uh, And I wish the deer would eat the black locust trees. Right. Instead of the little fruit trees. And what's really crazy is that we've got the peach trees here, but they've got some sort of funky thing on them, so they never do grow. They probably should probably just cut them down and start fresh. Because they have this, like, especially the, there's a plum tree down there. Mm -hmm. But it has this, almost like this sticky black psoriasis on the the surface and nothing grows on the side and it's just sort of taking over the whole tree. And it's the same thing with two peach trees. So if anybody knows, if anything, I could spray on them and it'll stop it and we might get a couple of something out of this. But right now we've got fruit trees that don't do fruiting. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Except for the blueberries. When they grow, they grow weirdly well. Yep. Last yep. year we got the frost. This year, not And we've so. got a lot of berries on uh, each bush. I've, I've taken a look. And have you noticed, too, um, where we had the canes of the black raspberries? We have a lot of canes and flowers. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a lot of those wild ones around the place to pick. Yep. Goats are doing well. Uh, nothing really new to report with the goats. Nah, because just... they didn't have babies this year, so they're kind of boring. And yeah. Babies are the cute things to take pictures of. I know, unfortunately, too, because now we can't do goat yoga and we can't do all of the little uh, other adorable baby goat stuff because there are many baby goats. We we there was that was that's funny because there was there was talk of this on the I'm in a group on Facebook like the Virginia Dairy Goat People or something like that. There's a couple of them. The progressive but movement one, is full of lies. Have goats Why do like, Americans keep yeah, falling for the like, deception? I want in his my book, goats liars, to pick up a bad Glenn habit of jumping on people and everybody thinking it's cute. And then they get bigger and all of a sudden it's not cute anymore and they still want to jump on you. Well, Mr. Freckles would do that with me. Yeah, but Mr. Freckles stayed little because he's a Nigerian. Yeah, well, so you just have to do it with Nigerian dwarf goats. You can't have like big La Manchas, you know, and doing I recall Frankie fondly in my belly. All right, we're going to take a, a quick <laughs> time out. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. So stick around. We'll be right back. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. The progressive movement is full of lies. Why do Americans keep falling for the deception? In his new book, Liars, Glenn Beck reveals the simple answer, fear. At our most basic level, we're all afraid of something, and progressives exploit this by offering us solutions to our fears. Solutions based on lies and an unrelenting hunger for power and control. Understanding the roots of these lies is key to helping us stop the disease of progressivism. Liars by Glenn Beck. On sale now at glennbeck.com slash liars. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Back with you here on 40 Acres and a Fool by the uh, campfire on a it's cold... It's not a campfire, it's our fire pit. Well, it's our fire pit. It's our but campfire. It's chilly. It is chilly. It's crazy because... For like May 7th, and it's not even... Last Saturday, I was at the Powhatan Fiber Festival sweating my bald head off because <laughs> it was 80-something like, degrees, but it felt like 94 because of the humidity. Right. And today, 
I've got a long sleeve t-shirt on and a hoodie that's lined with waffle weave. It's a thermal hoodie. Yeah. And it's chilly. And it's like 62 degrees outside. It's crazy. And it's like 7 o'clock at night. It's gonna, we're going to go nine days uh, without it getting up to 80 degrees. And you wondered why I haven't been wanting to put the tomatoes in the ground. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm eager to get them in. I am now, but not until we no, get next Wednesday. Warmer. I think is, is going to be our target day. But then they'll be nice and big. Yes. They're all doing well. Yeah, they're well. doing great. Yeah. The uh, peppers are a little small, but they you planted those later, so they're doing well. I did, and I'm going to go ahead and split them up. Some of them never germinated, so I pushed them aside. But the ones that did germinate, I'm happy with because there was the habaneros, the jalapenos, a Hungarian hot pepper, and a new one that I bought that's another kind of hot pepper, like a chipperino or something. So almost all the hot peppers did germinate. As okay. a matter of fact, I have a lot of habanero plants, and last year I only had three or four and we got a lot of peppers yeah, off of we them. Did. They're very prolific. Oh yeah. But I've seen where people dehydrate them and grind them up. And I think if I dehydrated some and held mm-hmm. them back, then when I made my hot pepper sauce, I can add that in. Oh dear. And had some real more a lot more heat. Right. And we can I can I can have batches of different radiant you know, mm-hmm. serious hot, don't <laughs> eat melt your face, you know, <laughs> oh my God, make sure you're close to the bathroom. Like that kind of level right. of heat kind of thing. Or not, I don't know. But I thought, oh, well, I can dehydrate them too. That's a good That's a good thing to do. Yeah, so uh, the garden is still, I, I think, on schedule. Uh, this week, we're going to spend the cool evenings weeding the carrots and the beets. The carrot tape did meh, yeah. okay. Maybe half of it germinated? Maybe half of it. I'm thinking more like 40%. I, 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 I don't think it was a whole lot. No, it was probably um, 40% of the tape. So I think in the grand scheme of things, I prefer the... Sh- Strew them around and around. take your luck. Right, yeah. and because we would get more. Yeah, we did. We'd have to thin them out. But because we kind of really spread have to, them all over an area. Right, and I'd rather have to thin them out than go, hey, where are all the carrots? Yeah, where, so, where, where are any carrots? Right. right? And the um, beets are looking well. I just have to weed. Yeah, you did a couple of rows again in the ninety something degree uh, weather. No, the when last I was time I got Georgia. the last time I got to weed was right when it was it was in between um, rainstorms one weekend. Okay, and I was out there in so much mud that these pants have never recovered. You can see their <laughs> the knees; these are actually clean. Wow, jeans. you could sell those for like two hundred dollars at Nordstrom, right? Because they're stained with mud. Um, but uh, real yeah. Virginia farm, real mud. Virginia farm mud in the knees and on the butt. Wow. Um, uh, but yeah, I got totally covered with mud, and I realized I'm like, I put the beats too close together, so it's really hard to do that in the mud when you're slip sliding all over the place. So I got a good amount done. I got to go back and do it some more. So yeah, um, let's but see. But the oh. horseradish is doing well. Is it really? Yes, it's really coming up. I was like, yay! Considering it was sitting in the bottom of the refrigerator for a year and a half, right? And I thought, well. Poo, I might as well give it a shot. So I was talking with Jazz Shaw, who writes for Hot Air uh, the oh. other day. And Jazz lives up in New York State. I read that. Yes, you do. Uh, and Jazz loves his horseradish. And Jazz has been playing horseradish for years and years. And so I, I was telling him about your horseradish plant and right. how you love it Ukrainian style with the beets. And he's got all kinds of... He is so looking forward to, uh, to talking with you about... Uh, things you could do with horseradish. Oh, cool! So, yeah, we might have to like figure out a way to have him Skype in at some point, and yeah, that'd be and, fun. Uh, and we'll have a horseradish uh, podcast because those uh, the pickled 
cherry tomatoes that I'll make, mm-hmm. they actually call for horseradish leaves. No kidding. But I've I've never had any, so I've just not used them. And now them. you will. But now I will. So I will have truly Russian pickled tomatoes. So even though you planted that this year, we can't do anything with it till next year. Now it's kind of right? like asparagus. It's a it's a tuber kind of crop that's going to have to grow and split and multiply. So okay. we're just going to leave it alone for a while, and then you'll be able to reach down and grab some up and sh- and shred them and stuff. Speaking from what of, I've read, speaking but of tubers. We need to do our potatoes. Yeah, I, I should order some. They usually sh- they ship in April and May. We'll get a late start. But if I, I can order some fingerlings, and we're going to use the feed sacks to yes. grow our potatoes. We, I think I'm just going to set them up right on the outside of the greenhouse so they get the ambient heat from the inside. Mm-hmm. And they'll be right next to it, but they won't get cooked. And they'll be they'll get some sh- sun, but they'll also get a little shade that area so that the leaves won't get blasted by the heat. Right. And the cool thing about it is that if you don't mess up with the potato plants, it's the leaves that are sensitive to sunlight, but they still need to be – you have to kind of cover up the plant mm-hmm. and not let them get too much sun. I I, I, overkill, I ignored them one year and kind of paid attention, and then the second year I paid them way too much attention, and then I smothered them to death. But the good <laughs> thing with the plastic is that if they're starting to get too much sun, you can kind of crimp the bag closed a little. Okay. And, and then as they shade. get a little bigger, you could just start throwing some dirt in the bag. Uh-huh. And then that'll cover the growing tubers. And then at the end, you can just cut a slice down the ba- bag and open the whole thing up and then get all your potatoes. Oh, wow. So I've been saving the animal feed bags to do that. And we just have to poke a couple of holes in there for drainage. But right. that's going to be the best thing. Now, they do sell really pretty potato growing sacks at different garden supply stores. But mm. I don't. we already have animal feed sacks. So if I didn't have animal feed sacks, then I probably would have bought the potato things because you can use them for several years. But this would be – well, this is something, too, that people could use even uh, as like a backyard garden if you've got – a forty-pound dog food bag. It's the right? same polystyrene weird thing. It's kind of like a woven pl- plasticky stuff. Okay, and you can just you know fold it down, f- rinse it out of the dog stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, fold it down, add some potting soil, put your potatoes in there. Like, and it's usually you only need like one eyed potato. And if you have potatoes from the grocery store and they've started to sprout kind of funky, mm-hmm. cut them into sections and have two eyes per section, and then put two in a bag of dirt and then just set it outside to keep warm water it whatever um how much dirt do you put it in well probably you want to have a small mound at first so maybe like um a foot of dirt in the bag and you kind of bury the potatoes down under about an inch or so of the dirt Mm -hmm. but as they get bigger you're going to add more dirt or straw or compost or something as they get taller and taller Uh because as the vines get bigger that's where the potatoes are going to grow from and the potato the leaves are what's going to get the light and the, the the whatever down into it right so you can just keep adding to it and then you've got, like, you can have your fingerlings in one bag. You can have your Yukon Golds in a bag. You can have your little Redskins in a bag. And the cool thing about some of those potatoes is that you can go in and get them little. Yeah. And then you can have a bunch of small potatoes, or you can let them keep going and get really big ones. Right. So. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you for the potato tips. Hey, it was random. We didn't. No, we never good. planned this stuff, but once we get hard talking about fun that things, we're like, oh yeah, I gotta talk about that bit. <laughs> Alright, stick around. We have more 40 acres in the flow. I'm gonna go put another log on the fire. Uh, we'll get warmed up. We have some thoughts from you uh, to get to as well. The email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com. Uh, also on Facebook at Corny Goat Farm. 
And you can find us on Instagram at Corny Goat Farm at Cam Edwards. You can also find me on Twitter at Cam Edwards. Stick around. We'll be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool right after this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the Chris Salcedo Show. First Colbert, then Kimmel, now Bill Maher. He makes a joke about incest between the President of the United States and his own daughter, Ivanka. Would the biased press have stood by and said nothing if the same was said of Obama? Of course not. When idiots like Wanda Sykes can say that repealing Obamacare is racist, imagine what the left would do if a comedian said that Obama was committing incest. The Chris Salcedo Show. Weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, we have a lot of emails to get to this week, so let's get right to it. From Stanton, greetings from the Dozen Acre Dummy. That's cute. (laughs) I like it, Stanton. Uh, Greetings from North Texas and the Dozen Acre Dummy, a name I just gave myself after binge listening to 40 Acres and a Fool. Uh, He says, my name is Stanton Jones. I want to take a moment to thank you for all that you do. I first started listening to Cam and Company on my dad's recommendation and have been a fan for a few months. I accidentally stumbled upon 40 Acres and a Fool while looking for a different podcast I thought you mentioned, a parenting one. Uh, Yes, that would be the Bespoke Parenting Hour podcast, Stanton, which uh, I am sad to say is on hiatus right now. We haven't done it in a couple weeks. It's been very, very difficult to find the time to actually do it. Because of parenting and jobs and stuff. Right, exactly. So hopefully it's got to make a comeback at some point. I really have fun doing it with Julie Gunlock. But uh, in the meantime, you know, right now I'm a a one podcast man. (laughs) That's cute. You're cute. And that's you, baby. And that's me. Well, this was yours. I just sort of got on it. Well, no, you didn't just sort of get on it. I Again, I, I, I talk to people for a living. I don't do a three-hour monologue every day, so there's no way that I feel comfortable. I just don't feel comfortable sitting down and talking. Doing a podcast all by yourself. Right. Yeah, it's like you're talking hour. to yourself. Yeah, I just, yeah. It just, I just, that's not me. No, I, I get I'd it. I'd much prefer to have a conversation I don't conversation think I could have done the talk show when I, when, I, when I did my talk show, which probably nobody knows uh, who listens to this, but uh, I had a talk show for, what, three years, eight months, and a couple of days. Yep. I don't know. At that point, I was like, you you're firing me and wait a minute <laughs> this was free and i'm getting fired and i did it this long but Welcome anyway radio yeah but it was like a couple hours on a saturday it was a fun thing it was computer help so we'd talk about um all kinds of what's what was new what was not new we talk we'd get uh we'd go on remotes to locations like like uh computer stores and um expos and weird stuff like that but uh every once in a while we get things to review but i always had a co-host so I yes. can't under I, – I don't think I would have been able to do that by myself because at least it feels like when there's another person there, you're talking to the other person. You're not talking to yourself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Stanton says, um, I'm very happy I found this podcast because my wife, kids, and I recently moved on to just over 12 acres there in North Texas. Stanton says, we've been here just over a year. We don't have much going yet. Property was pretty overgrown when we moved in. It's taken a lot of work to get to where we can just enjoy it. Well, there you go. You, you You're – you're settling in. Yeah, you got that going for you. Right. Uh, Stan says, we bought the place because we wanted somewhere to shoot and do some small-scale homesteading. We spent most of last summer clearing, cleaning, and building a backstop. See? 
You're already yep. ahead of us, Stan, because yep. that's been on our to-do list for five, almost five years now. But, but we our priority was getting I know chickens, critters, and garden. And we've got a place to and, shoot, and but we, have we a place just to want shoot, a better but place we wanna, to shoot. Yeah, we want to make it better. Stan says uh, this year we'll be doing more clearing as well as starting a small garden and hopefully chickens or guineas. After listening to your show, Stan says I want goats too, but that may have to wait a little because I have a lot of fence and barn work to do. Stan says, we also have a small tank that we stocked with catfish last fall. Oh, nice. Look forward to watching my young kids catching. That should provide many smiles and full stomachs. And we have a large wild plum thicket. Mm. And he says, let me tell you, homemade wild plum jam beats anything that you find in a store. Yum. So, Stanton... I'm just saying. We could trade. We could. Uh, we've got some delicious hot sauce if you're a fan of hot sauce. And we'd love to sample some wild plum jam because you're a big fan of jam over jelly anyway. I I am all things fruit concentrated. Like the refrigerator <laughs> has a crazy amount of fig jam, apple butter, peach butter, peach jam, marmalade, all kinds of stuff. I love it. I make it into cookies. I use it for baking. I slather it on English muffins. I put it in my tea because that's a very Ru- it's a Russian thing to do. Uh, I didn't realize it was a Russian thing to do. I thought I was just adding fruit and sugar to my tea, but adding fruit jams to your tea is a Russian thing to do for Huh. So, yeah, right? I had no idea. I didn't either until I read it, and I was like, hey, look at my Russian that's coming out, and I didn't even know it. I mean, I'm not <laughs> Russian. I'm Ukrainian, but whatever. Well, Stanton says, uh, thanks again for your show. Keep up the good work. He says, I like to download Cam and Company to listen to it work so I can get reliable news, and then I switch over and binge listen to 40 Acres and a Fool. Well, <laughs> Stanton, thank you very much, man, for spending your days with me. I appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you again in the future. Best of luck there on the uh, 12 Acres and let us know about the jam. Also, D writing in, uh, Dan at Pirate Dogs Farm uh, in uh, Arizona. He says, Cam and Missy, I listen to your podcast while I'm at work. He says, I have been listening since I think week number three. Wow. Right? So he's been listening to you a long yeah, well, time. Well, he's been listening to you a long time, too. I didn't start that early, did I? You started pretty early. If it wasn't week three, it was probably like week four or five. Okay. And then you'd sit in for a segment because I had to drag you on. And then along around like episode 75 or 80, I think you finally started getting into it. But over that time, then I also got sick and I couldn't do it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think now you, I think actually now you like doing it. I do. Until, unless there's that night when you're like, do you want to do a podcast tonight? And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> Just not feeling it. Because if you're not into it, it's not a good show. People right. can tell. Right. And, and you know, I got a, I got something on Instagram. Like, it was so glad. So, so good to hear you back on again. We missed you. So, yeah. It's, yes, you're still finicky about your podcast, you know. I, I need to feel it. You I need to be on. <laughs> I need to be on. I need all my like, muse. I need my podcast. I don't know. I just need to feel like I'm interesting. To me, well, you're always interesting. To me, it's a matter of like, okay, can we record it early enough that we're not really tired? Yeah. Because like, it gets about 9 o'clock on a weeknight, and then let's, when we can, because things start to settle down. At the house. And then we're like, are we brain dead yet? Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we talk coherently for an hour? Yeah. Or do we just want to shut our brains down and watch mindless television or read a book or something? And it usually ends up with, yeah, so, angry birds and mindless television. Well, that's why we're now doing the uh, podcast on, on the, the weekend and posting right. them on Monday yeah. so that you get you get our you best. You get fresher content. Exactly. No, uh, with fresher content! <laughs> 
Dan said, I wanted to uh, write in and take a minute to tell you what I believe was the West, the recognized westernmost battle of the Civil War. We've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks, uh, where the, the westernmost battle of the Civil War was. Dan says, I remember learning 30-plus years ago as a sophomore in high school, back when Arizona history was a required subject to graduate high school. It no longer is, says Dan, which is a shame. I had to take Oklahoma history. Did you have to take New Jersey history growing up? I don't know. You don't, I just you took don't think history. You just took history, but I know that when we moved to Virginia, kid one had to take a Virginia history class, even though she was a senior. Yeah. in order to graduate, right. we had to take Oklahoma history. The kids I was always take bummed because we had we could we could do it one of two ways in high school. We could have the semester long Oklahoma history course, or we could do it over summer, and it was Oklahoma history on the road, and we'd go do field trips to all the places. Oh, that's way more way more fun, right? I couldn't do that though. I had to take the boring in the classroom. Oh, man, that stinks. I know, sucked. Um, Anyway. I just had U.S. history in high school. Dan says, I learned back in high school that the Battle of, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Pikachu, not Pikachu. Okay. Pikachu Pass. horrible cousin. Was the acknowledged farthest west battle in the Civil War. It consisted of a couple dozen troops on both sides. Not sure if there was a true victor of the battle, as I believe both sides suffered about the same number of casualties and both had moments of retreat. Is that in Arizona? This was in Arizona. Wow. It paved the way for Union troops to enter the city of Tucson. Uh, technically speaking, the battle did not occur in Arizona, uh, as at the time Arizona and New Mexico Didn't, were both one territory, right. called the New Mexico Territory, but it occurred in a region which became part of the state of Arizona. I didn't so. think the Civil War went that far west. I yeah. knew that there were – the reason that there were camels in Texas was because they thought that they would make good pack animals in the heat mm-hmm. down there. But mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know there were many – there were many Civil War battles out. Are there any in Texas? Were there battles in Texas? There were – yes, there were a couple huh. in I Texas. I just thought it, they were mostly in between – well, Virginia had, in Virginia. Yeah, well, that's much. that's where most of the I mean, most of the fighting did occur in the Eastern Theater, but the Western Theater had its its own battles too. I remember going as a kid to uh, Pea Ridge, Arkansas, where there was a battle of Pea Ridge, P E A. By the way, not like you know, hey, let's go pee off this ridge. But uh, <laughs> I thought it was just P the letter. No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there there. I mean, anywhere where the Confederacy was, basically. You'll, you'd, you'd find a Civil War battlefield not far away. You won't find any Civil War battlefields in Wisconsin or Michigan. Um, I just didn't realize that but, the New Mexico Territory and Texas were slave states. Th- well, they were territories, so they were not slave states. But, but there they, were Confederates there? There were Confederates there hoping to one day make them slave states because uh, under the terms of the Missouri Compromise, right. one per one. when they got in below that, below that longitude of, what, 3630, then that would have been wasn't the Mason Dixon line that was oh, different. No? Okay, uh, um, but but any state coming in would have been a, a slave state. Okay, so yeah. Anyway, uh, Dan says, "Love your show. I'm glad Missy is better. I am too, Dan. Thank you. I am about to become a fool on my own 1.3 acres in a couple of weeks. Woohoo! Won't be able to have too many farm critters. Arizona, the country doesn't permit me to have." Uh, hogs like I did during my stint in Texas. Well, probably not. Dan said hugs, but I don't think Arizona has cracked down on hugs yet, so I think that was just a typo. Well, then I think he... He, there was another email that he was like, I, I may be able to credit. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, because if they're trying to get between you and somebody giving you hugs, Dan, you say, hell no, this is America. I'll I hug who hug I want. Anybody. Yeah. I, think, I, don't think, I don't think Arizona is like that. 
Dan says, I may be able to sneak a goat or two or a sheep on the property. I figure if my neighbors can have horses, I should be able to have my choice of farm animal. Keep up the great podcast, says Dan at Pirate Dogs Farm. Look forward to it anxious, anxiously to help relieve the boredom of my data analyst job every Monday morning. Well... Dan, thank you very much, sir. And And Nigerian uh, dwarves are originally African goats, so they would do well on a small area. And you could, you know, let them mow your grass. Yep. And as long as you don't have any stinky billy goats, you don't have to worry about uh, smell and issues. Okay, hold that thought. we got to take a time out, and I've got to go walk a dog, apparently, because they're banging at the front door. So we have more of your thoughts still to come. So stick around. There's more 40 Acres and a Fool coming up right after this. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, back for one more segment here, joined by a studio audience of youngest daughter, Hello, youngest daughter. Uh, And we've got uh, an email from Sean in Tahlequah. When he wrote this email, they were in the middle. I think the entire state was under a uh, uh, flood warning. Yeah. And uh, Sean wrote in. crazy for Oklahoma. Right? Uh, He said it was 2.22 in the afternoon. Since midnight, they had received almost 10 inches of rain Mm. there at the farm. Um, I saw some of the pictures that Sean had posted on Instagram. Flooded barn, uh, fencing down. He says our barn was at one point about six inches filled with water. Oh, yuck. Luckily, he says we were able to get our barn cats and their new kitties out and into our pump house on higher ground and safe before it got too bad. But he said, needless to say, our fields are a total loss. Oh, man. Our fence was so swept with flood debris, we lost a portion of it. Luckily, he says, all we have are chickens, and they're all safe, except for two, which we can't find. But they may have gone into hiding or up into trees, hopefully. He says, uh, please keep us in your thoughts and prayers. I'll keep you posted and uh, keep watching for updates on Twitter. Uh, and we certainly will, Sean. And we do hope that you and your family are uh, getting better. Uh, Sean uh, did write in um, a couple of days ago. And uh, and and he seems to be. They seem to be drying out. Okay, yeah, so that's the good news. Uh, also, uh, got an email from uh, Arizona Ranger Jim and Carol. Uh, said um, they just attended their first Friends of NRA dinner. Oh, nice! Right, so much fun. They said met a lot of interesting people. We'll definitely be attending more dinners in the future. We enjoy the evening so much. So, once you go to one. Yeah, I'm telling you, you start looking for other dinners in your area. I'm going to the Capital Region Friends of NRA dinner up in Northern Virginia uh, coming up later in May. And then we've got our Heart of Virginia Friends dinner in August this year. So I like to try to go to as many of them as I can. I keep winning guns. I I love to go. I know. I know. Uh, And Jim, too, won his choice of a gun from the Wall of Guns. Nice. A uh, Century Arms uh, C-308. He picked it out. He says, we stopped by the Crossroads of the West Gun Show the following weekend. Got a nice scope along with some ammo. He says, it was so much fun to shoot. Carol was ringing gongs up on the hill 150 yards out after we got it sighted in. He said, it was fun to see her face after that first twang sound (laughs) reached us. 
That is awesome. Um, uh, Jim also was standing up for uh, Arizona. He says, I know Missy is less than enthusiastic about the scenery. <laughs> he says, both Carol and I had the same impression of Arizona before moving here. We've since learned that it's one of the most beautiful and diverse states, and it truly has so much to offer. Uh, he says, um, we decided to gift you a year subscription to Arizona Highways Magazine, Missy. <laughs> So that okay. you can see how pretty the state is. We have mountains and desert. We even have this big canyon up north. You guys may have heard of it. It's pretty grand, isn't it? I have, uh, Ranger I've Jim? heard of it. It's Says all the, brown. <laughs> the state has hunting, fishing, hiking. In the winter, there are several places in the state where skiing is good for a visit. Uh, he says, we're so happy to hear in Missy's voice the energy she seems to be getting back with each new 40 acres. We look forward to listening each week and enjoy so much hearing about the farms and going on. <laughs> I have a rooster story for you that I need to get down on a not-so-distant future email. But for now, continued good health and many good thoughts sent your way. <laughs> well, Jim and Carol, thank you very much. And I can't thank- wait to get the magazine. <laughs> right? We'll be posting pictures. That's hilarious. Uh, let's see. Also, Trent checking in from Indiana, where we are eagerly awaiting yeah. the arrival it's of like weeks Baby out, Boy Marsh here. Yeah. Right? Uh, Trent says, under three weeks to the due date, appointments are weekly. He says, I guess it's really going to happen. Not terrifying at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, if you're not afraid, you're an idiot. Here, here's the thing, Trent. <laughs> if if your experience is anything like mine was, and I have, I have a feeling that most guys or at least somewhat similar in this. This is the terrifying time, but as soon as soon as the baby's here and as soon as you hold your son for the first time, it, you get this moment. I'm not going to say that it doesn't get terrifying again later, but you 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 have that moment of zen. <laughs> yeah, uh, oldest has a driver's license. Yeah, yeah. it gets terrifying it gets later. Terrifying but later. we'll talk about that in the future. <laughs> uh, Trent says, I've been trying to button up a million little projects around here ahead of D-Day. I guess. Meanwhile, he says, I've actually had a decent stretch of weather, so my placeholder job of lawn care has meant long hours between baby appointments, classes, and projects. Uh, the job things remain beyond frustrating increasingly, so with fatherhood bearing down on me, whether it should or not, And he said, uh, a couple of episodes ago, you asked about meals from our youth. He says, I'm sure that I have one that will be new for everyone. Ready for this? Bologna and pot pie. I read that earlier, and I was just like, I'm not even sure my brain could wrap my (laughs) brain around this concept. I read the whole ingredient list, too, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, so he says, in this case, pot pie is more what most people would call dumplings. Recipe started with my grandfather's and mother. Slips, right. Right. A Depression era meal. Ring bologna, boiled in salted water. The pot pie or dumplings, if you prefer, added and boiled for about 10 minutes. The bologna and pot pie are served over mashed potatoes. Holy crud, what a carbo load. Oh, yeah. Trent says, my brother and I guilt my mom into making a big batch for all of us at least once a year, usually in the fall. It's good and unique to us for sure. I, I, I kind of like the sound of that, actually. My wife's family also makes pot pie like we do, but they boil the dumplings and potatoes together and serve it with beef. But other than my own, her family is the only one I've ever known to call dumplings pot pie and eat it similarly. Are you sure you weren't related, Trent? If you, I mean, just <laughs> Don't even go there. <laughs> Both families also make traditional pot pie and still call that pot pie. That's an Amish thing, though. Right? There's, no, because there's a place in, um, in a town in New Jersey where we would go for their quote-unquote pot pie but it's chicken and slips it's chicken it's like pieces of chicken and gravy with these squishy pieces of dough that are cooked in the gravy so they're uh-huh. like they're like they're like ultra heavy pieces of pasta 
Mm. So, but it's it's they call it chicken and dumplings. Yeah, but they also kind of call it chicken pot pie. But I think it's an Amish like that, to me. It's, it's like always an Amish it's, thing. that that to me is just and dumplings. That's just chicken and slips. Um, Trent says I'm a little concerned about my seedlings. My grow light bulb stopped working after about ten days. Brand new LED bulbs supposed to last until Jesus returns. Crapped out after ten days. Yeah, I hate uh, that. We don't have a good south facing window that isn't obscured by trees. We've had some cool and cloudy days when they're not rainy. Well, the- if it seeds, it's warmth. They just need warmth. Sometimes you can put a heating pad underneath. Okay. Well, that's good to know. He says, uh, the tomato and pepper plants are holding on, but not thriving. The marigolds and nasturtiums are doing better than anything. The garden's tilled. The arbors are up. Just waiting for decent weather. Yeah, us too. Yep. And uh, and hopefully, Trent, uh, the better weather will arrive before baby Marsh does. Yeah. Because then, buddy, you're really going to be pressed for time. Yeah. Yeah. And lacking asleep. <laughs> Take those naps when you can. And tell your wife the same thing. You, you, you kind of get, like, when you're young, you think, oh, well, when the baby sleeps, I'm going to do all this stuff. Yeah, don't. Yeah, no. Just rest when the baby does. Yes. Especially um, at the beginning. So uh, Aaron from Nebraska wrote in and uh, with some thoughts on a novel because uh, I, I think we've been – I don't know if we've been talking about this on the podcast or not, but uh, I've been trying to decide what the next book project is going to be. I know what the subject matter is. I've been trying to decide if I want to write – sort of a popular history, or if I want to break out of my comfort zone and do a novel. And I think I've decided the novel. There's no such thing as popular history, by the way. <laughs> there is two. No, there's not. There's, there is two. Bill O'Reilly's, like, killing whoever books. They're always, like, number one New York Times bestsellers. That's a history book? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's pop history. It's not like... Real history? It's not like... Well, it's like real history, but it's kind of like... Uh, it's not... It's dumb. dry and boring and academic. It's almost told like it's fiction. So it's history dumbed down for the populace. Yes. Yeah, don't Hence do that. the term popular history. Yeah, no, it's not popular. It's just <laughs> it's, it's, it's history dumbed down. Well, for the no, it's not it's not that history. it's dumbed down. It's just that it's not told in a dry and boring academic way it's told but it's not as a narrative fiction. like historical fiction no. is way much more not boring and dry and less you, m- more honest than that yes <laughs> at least they know they're telling the lie when they do their history but there's some history in there it's historical fiction yes anyway aaron says i think for you writing a novel and writing it as a storyteller not an information giver like you do on cam and company um maybe the only challenge that you have or not a challenge at all he says i don't know it seems like writing a novel compared to a book like heavy lifting or an instructional book would be written under different format and style uh but hey you can handle it says aaron you're true professional you even play one on tv <laughs> I, I i it, it is a challenge it's, it, it is, is kind of daunting thing. um but i i think that's why i want to do it so yeah, no, there's apps to help you with dialogue. Right, I know. I was asking Brad Thor about this on Cam and Company this week and asked if he had dialogue tips because that's my that's my issue is writing good dialogue. And if you can't write good dialogue, then you're going to have a bad novel. You just you have to write like you talk. Yes. But not colloquially. Yeah. Or too colloquially because I can't read that kind of writing at all. <laughs> that is the stuff that, like, oh, blob. Really? They're going to write this in a, in a in a dialect of South something? Well, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't write... I just can't do it. I wouldn't write 
you know, like a dialect. I no. don't think that would be that would be awful. Um, and finally, Nick writing in from Utah says, uh, "I live in Central Utah. Yes, I'm a Mormon. I only have one wife. Ha ha." <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Uh, they wear you out. Nick says, "I live in a tiny town called East Carbon. I'm an over the road truck driver. Listen to the podcast as I drive down the road." I'm an Army vet. On behalf of all vets, thanks for what you do. Well, Nick, no, thank you. Thank you for what you did. Exactly. Um, you. My, me and my wife together have five kids. I was born in the city, but I grew up in the country, says Nick, and I love being a country boy. This is the very funny part. He says, my wife's from Greenfield, California, a city of about 10,000 people. She thought it was a small town until I took her to the town that I grew up in, which has about 2,500 people. And now we live in a town about mm, less than 1,500. Uh, so all of a sudden, that, that small town... Kind of feels like a big city now, right? Yeah, our small town, I think technically the population is like less than 600. Yes, but and then the Farmville, town. right, which is sort of the nearest city, yeah. is about 6,000 people. And then yeah. when the college students are there, it's about another 5,000 or so. Yeah. Uh, but they're getting ready to, to, to head it's, home for the summer, so it'll it'll get sleepy. And then it'll get, they're going to expand, though, because there's that, uh, that old... Um, Farmer store that used Southern there used to be a Southern, Southern States, States yep. is now going to be college dorm. Housing. Well, no, not going to be dorms. It's going to be private condos. Oh, I thought it was going to be. Oh no, no, apartments. they're they're putting more and more student housing, but it's not it's not dorm housing. It's apartments, um, and and they're they're still only thinking though that the. Uh, the population of the college is only going to rise by about 500 people mm. uh, over the next five or six years. So hmm. there's there's sort of a housing. I want say there's a housing shortage. Um, there's an affordable housing shortage for students in Farmville, and an affordable housing shortage for people who don't want to buy their house in Farmville. But for renters, uh, that that's really tough because the students suck up. So much of the housing. Yeah. Um, but that's the issue in Farmville right now. Anyway, Nick says. Um, her dad's worked on farms most of his life, but my wife has little gardening skills. We're still trying. He says it's a little one this year, just 10 foot by 10 foot. Carrots, green beans, peas, and uh, beefsteak tomatoes. Yep. Carrots and green beans are starting to come up. My wife, Miss B, called me very excited. <laughs> uh, now I just have to finish putting the fence around it. Small and easier to get to the store, but I want to teach my kids where veggies come from. And my youngest son is okay with it. Last summer, he said my dad had two tomato plants. And my son ate most of them right off of the plant, green or red. He didn't care. <laughs> hey, he's a good boy. <laughs> right? One day, Nick says, I hope to buy a big plot of land, have cows, horses, maybe a pig. My wife really wants pigs, says uh, Nick. Yeah, pigs And after good. listening to you talk about your vacancies, I just might. I don't know. He says about chickens, you but know, I'd love to go hunt. With pigs, though, you don't need a lot of space. You, can you get really a, don't. You can get a 100-foot-long piece of Electronet and just keep moving and, it around. And, and, and Nick, you and know, you get a, listen, if you're an over-the-road driver and you're out the Virginia way, we've got, like, nine right now. Right, we could you give you several. Home. Just put them in the back of the cab, you know. And they don't get to be too big because <laughs> Osabao American Guinea Hog mix, I'm thinking maybe 160, 180, and a little bit leaner than a Guinea Hog. right. Now, uh, now, Nick extended a fantastic invitation. He says, I love to go hunt, and I fill my freezer with elk meat. Uh, he says, come on out around the 1st of October. I'll take you hunting. We'll freeze in the morning. We'll sweat in the afternoon, but you can fill your freezer with yummy elk sausage. Oh, Ooh. yeah, I've not had that, and I would like to try to make all kinds of elk things. And you know, Nick, um, I actually I think I'm going to be in Utah uh, the last weekend in September for... 
the well-armed woman conference. I am not a well-armed woman, but no, I've been but invited like, to speak. Yeah, you've been invited um, to speak more than once. And uh, and I've not been able to go, right, because of, we've had Timing issues. Timing weird, yeah. Um, so but this year... I was sick. Right. And this year it's going to be in Ogden, Utah. So I think I'll be out there uh, that weekend, Nick. I don't know when elk season starts, if it is October the 1st, but... Uh, We'll have to talk. <laughs> uh, Nick says, anyway, thanks for all you do. I'll keep Miss E, you and all yours in my prayers. Talk at you soon, says Nick. Nick, thank you so much. We'll keep you and your family in our thoughts and prayers. Good luck with the garden. Tell your son, wait till they're red. Yeah. They taste much better that way. Or yeah, whatever color. Like, <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, in, our I guess house, in our garden, it gets kind of confusing. If they're green got... vernissages or whatever, yeah. but wait till they're ripe. They're wait so much they're better. Ripe. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. Thanks again for joining us. It's good to be back with you. Hope you have a fantastic week. Uh, if you feel like dropping us a line, again, the email address, 40acrefool at gmail.com. If you feel like sending us some wild berry jam or whatever, uh, P.O. Box 817 Farmville, Virginia, 23901. Somebody shared with me on Instagram that they made dandelion syrup, and I commented that. I was like, wait, is that for cocktails or is that for pancakes? Because I'm thinking either way, that'd be awesome. And if... If you follow this, then we can trade you a bottle of hot sauce for a bottle of that. Oh, and speaking of trading and bartering and and people sending us things out of the goodness of their hearts and just really sweet, uh, we need to say thank you. Yeah. Larry sent us this absolutely really cool-looking version of a card game that is kind of like a Dungeon of Dragons, but it's something that I probably like. Magic the Gathering, but, but, but like... It sounds like it's got like kind of a Monty Python sense of humor about it. Is it called Munchkins? Is that Munchkins, what it's called? Cutthroat and fun, and his family just loves it. So I can't wait to try that out. That one out. That so Larry, thank you. That's going to be our next family game night this week. I'm yep. really looking forward to playing it. Our kids are too. Uh, and thank you very much. That was really really sweet of you. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of Forty Acres and a Fool. Thanks again for being a part of the program with us. And until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. Don't yawn into an open microphone, and we will see you soon here with another episode of 40 Acres and a Fool for the Blaze Radio Network. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.